This podcast is brought to you by Mad Company, a nonprofit theater company based out of New York City. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of One Hail of a Conversation. My name is James Hale. I am the executive director of Mad Company and your host for this and I hope all future episodes of this podcast. Um, with me in the studio today is the wonderful actor, writer, creative, voiceover artist, and all around great human being, Maddie Albrechts. Welcome, Maddie. Hello, James. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks Excellent. for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm going to make you redo it. I might record another one. It's terrifying. And then left <laughs> left it behind. We're tired. Right. And we're back after that exciting interruption. What next season will hold? <laughs> My name is James Hale. So we're just going to dive right in here. And I'm wondering if you could, just in your own words, like chart your journey from leaving to go to your undergrad, to Lambda, to here. What, in your words, did that look like? So starting, yeah, starting undergrad, I had gone to a performing arts high school in Hmm. Las Vegas. So we were kind of um, in the thick of it with theater from the start. And I knew pretty early on that I wanted to continue theater. I think I had one blip when I wasn't getting cast in high school where sure. I thought maybe maybe I'll do costumes maybe I'm meant to do costumes uh, which is a wonderful thing and I love doing it but not as much as I like acting and sure. then I kind of got on the acting train again and I was like okay this is this is what I want to do. Found your thing. Yes and so that led me to Montclair State University mm-hmm. which is where I went for my undergrad degree. I got my BFA in musical theater ah, um, with a the BFA. Mi- the BFA with a minor in business and a oh, minor in German. Two minors. Yeah, two minors. I didn't know you could do that. You can. <laughs> okay. I don't know if I would recommend it cuz <clears throat> it sure. was it was quite uh, daunting mm. <laughs> on top of the already pretty close to a conservatory-esque musical theater program. Sure. But yeah, so I made the leap from the West Coast to the East Coast. They were kind of an up-and-coming musical theater school. A lot of people recently were coming out of there and doing well in the musical theater sphere. Hmm. They also offered me in-state tuition and so oh. and a scholarship on top of that. So it was wow. kind of hard to say yeah, no to a, that. That's a good deal. Okay. Yeah. So that's also why I felt I wanted to make the most of my degrees and get some in business in German as well. Also, I felt very strongly about having a well-rounded of course. education and experiences. I think that just helps you as an actor. Um, and then the road to Lambda was kind of a wacky one. Okay. I think I stumbled upon the Fulbright for sure. Lambda. I was okay. not really interested at all in going to grad school. I never thought I would. I always thought, okay, if I go to grad school, I'll probably work in the field and then go back at a later date, which a mm. lot of our classmates did. Yeah. And then I found this Fulbright information. I have no idea. I can't. I can't remember how I stumbled upon it. Somehow it Somehow came into your. It came into it, your life. It came into my life, and I started looking at it. And I remember getting out of bed. It was the middle of the, like not the middle of the night, but pre- I was in bed. I remember <laughs> getting out of bed and walking into my living room where my roommate was sitting watching TV. And I looked at her and I I said, I think I'm gonna apply for this Fulbright for grad school. Hell yeah. And she looked at me and she said, do you want to go to grad school? And I thought, <laughs> I, 
Maybe. I don't know. I, I might as well try. And so then that started the process of the Fulbright for me, which was quite the process. I think a couple other, obviously our roommate and our flatmate in London ended up yep. getting the Fulbright. Spoiler alert, I didn't get the was, Fulbright. Damn. That was one of those things I got to Lambda and then realized that oh, I could have. There's, there's a Fulbright scholarship where they pay for it. Yes. Um, so, no, I wish I had that information. Yeah. I mean, I had the information and still didn't get it. So. <sighs> but I... Yeah, it was quite this long process. It was, I think, a good process to go through. I had to do all these interviews and get all these recommendations and send in all these video auditions. And so I then found out before my audition for Lambda that I didn't get the Fulbright. They, they Interesting. Yeah, I think it was the second round or so where they ended up calling me after an interview and they said, thank you so much, but you're out of the running. But no. Yeah, but no, <laughs> not for you. And I thought about it and I thought about the price and I said, you know, well, in undergrad, I had so many scholarships. I did all that stuff. Is it worth it? It's only a year. If I even get in, that was the other right. thing. I was you like, I might yet. as well just audition and go yeah. forward. It'll be a good experience regardless. And I ended up also tacking on another grad program that was in the UK where I, where I thought, okay, maybe I'll just try for two schools. Was this RADA or No, Central it was, or... um, why am I blanking? On One of the, the lesser name. schools. Still a great school, but, and I feel so... <laughs> we'll we'll <laughs> edit in the name. We'll right. edit in the name right here. It's Bristol Old Vic Theater School, you fool. I'll have to I'll have to voice over that oh, and then I'll I'll, that, that <laughs> I'll just school. I'll just uh, yes that school. Love um, that school I love that school I guess but so I ended up auditioning for them as well as Lambda and I went into my audition Rodney was there no, Rodney. Uh, yeah and I did my audition and I remember him asking about like finances and stuff I was also I think the second person in the U S to audition for Lambda that year oh yeah. He wow. told me, he said, you are the second person we have seen in the United States. You won't be hearing from us for a couple months for a while. regardless. Wow. Yeah. That's and I, crazy. I was like. I, I might have been the last one to audition for really? them. Really? It was the very last date they had. And I was like later in the day. I was the first date they had. And I was Early second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, I was one of the first people. And he j did all the standard questions and stuff. Yeah. Then I kind of just forgot about it and thought, okay, well, if that's a thing, that's a right, thing. Whatever. He said it would be a while before I heard. So. Sure, if I don't get it, it was no skin off my back because I didn't even really not care to go. That makes it sound so blasé. It wasn't that at all. It just was not. It was something that I thought I could do later down the line right, if I course. really, really wanted never. to. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. So I kind of, yeah, went back. I finished up school and then one day got a call and Rodney was on the line and he said, Madison, I have just finished <laughs> unpacking. I have opened up my notebook and your name was the first one there. So I wanted to call. And I'm sure this man tells this to everybody or something. But I remember I was shaking. And I thought he was calling to give me like a um, a recall audition. I didn't or realize. Like, we want to see you again. or Exactly. Or exactly. Right? I didn't realize he was offering me a place in the school until he said, I'll see you in September. And I thought, what? What? You'll see me in September. <laughs> and then actually a funny story is I ended up not, I ended up missing the date to send in my first deposit. 
And I remember freaking out, and I was so upset. Oh, no. And I, I was with my mom, and I thought, oh, I blew it, I blew it, right. I can't believe I blew it. <laughs> it's and then over. they were like, whatever, right. they just did, send they it didn't in. They, check their email. Yeah, right. they didn't care. Oh. Um, and then I, yeah, and then I kind of thought, okay, we're going to London. And it was interesting because I remember the f- when I got there, I kind of had this thought of, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? I'm. The second I got comfortable with something, I meet. I immediately uprooted my life, mm. and I came here. I don't know anybody. Mm. I don't know the people I'm living with. I have like three bags and myself, and a three floor walk up, <laughs> and I just yeah. was very. I kind of had that thought. I've had that thought very often in my life. I tend to uproot myself from everything I'm comfortable with. Like when I went to undergrad and then I studied and worked in Germany for a summer. So I remember having the same thought when I got there of, and I was working on a farm too, and they picked me up in like a bike with a cart on the back and said, hop in the cart. And I remember thinking, what am I doing? What what has happened? What (laughs) am I doing? And I kind of had that thought in London. And then after our first week of classes, I remember thinking, why did I come back to school? I don't want to be doing school. Like, what am I doing? Oh, no. And then the second week, I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever done in my life. This is this is going to be so yeah. worth it. And The beginning of, of London was so weird. Yeah. I it was. I, I was scared to um, talk to anyone. Yeah. And like, I, I, I remember going in and I was like, it was jet lagged or whatever, but it took me like three days. I like didn't want anyone to like peg me as an American I think yes so I would walk around and try to speak as little as possible because I didn't want them to know like foreigner or whatever it was a very weird experience yeah um and then you know after four days I needed to buy groceries so I was like okay (laughs) I remember getting a lot of people would ask if I was from Canada a lot people would ask Mm. if I was from I think I got Australia a couple times and I just kept thinking what are you think what no really but then it kind of happened to me too where I wasn't used to the accents until probably a month in oh yeah where then I could decipher oh this is from this region and this is this as opposed to just this is an overall accent I'm hearing so I wonder if people were yeah people were just like this is different English this must be right where are the three places they speak different English than us so and so Mm -hmm. interesting yeah so it was definitely a little also fun fact for the people on the podcast me and James Lived together in we London. We did live together. Yeah. Maddie holding holding it together. Maddie came to London and then lived with three men she didn't know. Yes. Um, <laughs> which was wonderful because at least two of those three guys were great. Um, <laughs> and then, but, you know, brave choice. It was a brave choice. And people and well asked done. my parents that a lot. And I never thought it was weird. I had I never one, thought it was weird. I had one moment when I found out how much younger I was than the three oh. of you that I kind of had a moment of, oh. Living in a house of 30-year-old men. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like 22? Took you under our wing. I think. Something sure. Like that. Yeah, that's what happened. Um, okay, so you, you, come to, you come to London, you're at Lambda for mm. a graduate program that maybe you sort of fell into. A little bit. Um, how did you end up here in New York? So I... New York was always kind of the end game for me. I've always Mm. been more attached to live theater, I think. And I think that 
to me, always meant New York. Sure. I was never really interested in L.A. I think I went to L.A. once or twice, and I remember going in probably high school, and all my friends were so excited, and they kept saying, oh, this is where I meant to be. Right. This is where I meant to be. City I lights. love it here. And I remember thinking, oh, no. <laughs> no. I certainly am not feeling that in any capacity. And I remember going to New York and kind of having the feeling of, oh, this is cool. I like this. This is better. This feels better than that. Right. And I think being so close to it in undergrad, I just it was kind of the trajectory that I thought, you know, if I don't go to London, I'm just going to move to the city and I'm just going to put feet to pavement and try and make it. Yeah. And then also there was the fact that I had a long term partner here and so i thought okay i will they're from new jersey so we'll stay on the east coast there you go yeah and so that kind of there were there were several things but for the most part it was just yeah that's the next it was always part of the plan yeah i'm just gonna go back there and i'm gonna do live theater and that's what i'm gonna do and i'm gonna like it excellent and i do and and here you are and we like it yes um great so We've got you coming from Vegas through uh, this BFA program mm. to Lambda, uh, eventually here in New York, where you are a part of what I keep hearing is one of the most exciting new theater companies in the world. I've um, heard that at least five times. I keep hearing that. <laughs> Along the way, you made this switch into voiceover acting that mm. you've been doing a lot of recently. Yeah. I'm curious, like... How did that happen? Why did that happen? Was that a conscious choice or just something that sort of you fell into? I think a little bit of all of that. Okay. I think it's so funny looking back now because I remember thinking, because once we graduated, we graduated straight into the pandemic. Yep. So coming back, there weren't really live theater opportunities. And I kept thinking, I don't know what I want to do for work. Mm-hmm. I don't know what will sit with me the best and what I will feel best in. And I kind of wanted flexibility because I have some health issues and that kind of worried me of having to stick to a very strict schedule and then possibly not being able to do that. And so I kind of thought, okay, what can I do from home? And Mm -hmm. I have some friends who do voiceover. I have a friend who is... (laughs) She's very big in the voiceover world, and it's so funny thinking, like, oh, yeah, I'll just do that because that's not how that works. And she worked very hard to get to where she is, and she's incredible. But I think I kind of had the thought of, oh, this will be an easy way to make money. Right. This is just something I can do. Sure. The side hustle. Yes. And I very much realize now that's not the case, and I'm still very much, I feel, clawing my way up in that business. But... I, yeah, I just kind of sort of started doing freelance stuff and I started, we were living in my partner's parents, like, like basement. Yeah. Dungeon. Yeah, kind of. And we were, I would go in a closet, I would go into this closet and put up pillows and a blanket over the door and I would use a rock band microphone. Nice. Yeah. I know. And we had some music stuff, so we had an like an old interface, and I just used my laptop and I just started, 
and I just started and I remember doing voiceover for I just put together kind of a shoddy reel and I had a teacher from undergrad who'd done voiceover and mm. so she was very kind to give me some tips of okay this is how you should approach like a, a reel a commercial reel right. something like that this is yeah just kind of start doing that and I had begun these thoughts in London of oh maybe this will be a side job and so coming back I was like okay yeah let me implement this sure some investigation um, yeah and yeah and so I talked to some people and I was like yeah that that's fine. I can do this. I'm, yeah, I have no training in this, and it'll be great. Um, <laughs> and I, yeah, it was a lot of stumbling around and a lot of people coming back and saying, hey, can you essentially be better? Can you be more exciting? Can you be more this and that? And then there were some people who were like, yeah, great. We love it. Perfect. Wow. And then I would do, I started with a lot of educational content, I, a lot of business modules, a lot of VR, mm. a lot of meditation is kind of where I started. I still do a lot of that to this day. Yeah, I'm on a bunch of meditation apps. Um, so if you're recognizing this voice. So if you're recognizing this voice. Actually, it's not really this app. voice. It's, it's kind of like this voice. We're going to take a deep breath and let it go. Yeah, it's kind of that wow, one. Okay. Yeah, it's like somewhere between flight attendant and yeah, it's it's surgeon. peaceful. Okay, peaceful. <laughs> damn it's, it, it's calming. It's relaxing. Yeah. <laughs> so I did that, and then recently, about a year ago, I started jumping into kind of the character world mm -hmm. of like video games and animation, and that kind of uh, audio dramas. I do a lot of audio dramas, mm -hmm. um, and I still very much feel very new in that i've had a couple bigger things that i felt really good about at right. the time but now i'm kind of to the point where i'm like oh okay i, I kind of want to go bigger i kind of want to do more but i think that's just the nature of the business so right. you always you always want more yeah exactly and i i feel i think i think it will come it just has been but it, it definitely was not something that was so easy sure it wasn't always easy money and it's kind no, of, of yeah it's kind of difficult in the way of you're always it's the same with acting where you're always auditioning you're always applying for jobs yeah. you never know if you're going to have the security right yeah. so with that sort of balancing these two different facets of more or less the same work yeah do you feel like you found balance in attempting to do voiceover auditions and theatrical auditions are you more focused on one than the other are you hoping to be more focused on one than the other and are not like yeah I think I go through stages almost periods of okay I'm really going to put it all into voiceover and when I started doing kind of character stuff I was really focused in on mm -hmm. that almost to the point to I was still sending in some live theater auditions and such but I kind of got cast in a show and I, it was kind of almost jarring of, oh, I, yes, I do live theater. Yes. Okay. I do musicals. I yes. This is another thing I do. I've been so entrenched in the voiceover world and I do it all from home. So it was really almost isolating that I then all of a sudden was back into the theater game. Right. Out in the world. Yeah. And I think now I've found more of a balance. It's, it's, it can be challenging sometimes because I kind of want to do all of it all day, every day. Of, oh, let right. me do voiceover auditions, and then after that I'll do these auditions, and then after that I'll stream, or then after that I'll do this and this and this, and I want to do it all every single day, and then I kind of burn myself out. So I'm trying to pick days where I think, okay, I'm going to do voiceover auditions Monday, Wednesday, Friday, right. or I'm going to do this job on Thursday. Right. Or, Workload management. Yes. Yeah, so, or this week I'm going to focus on 
live theater auditions or I'm going to focus on these callbacks. And so it kind of it kind of adjusts. Sure. But I think now I have a better grasp when we were doing when I am performing in shows, it's a little harder to even it out. But I'm still to the point where the shows I'm doing are shorter runs. So I haven't had to plan for like a long term sure. schedule. There hasn't there hasn't been a drastic shift in your yeah. long term schedule. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, constant evolution sounds like just sort of the smart way to go. The name of the game. Right, that's what we do. So we just touched on this briefly, but last season you made your off-Broadway premiere in Pinkalicious, (laughs) um, which I did not get to go see. I was very upset about that. Heard great things about it. Um, (laughs) You know, fun, fun, entertaining children's show. I'm curious. So this was, I believe, your first like professional theatrical experience in New York City. Yes. I had done a outdoor production of Twelfth Night right. the year before with a wonderful company. But this was the first musical I'd done professionally. Mm. This was f- my first, obviously, my off-Broadway debut. Yeah. That kind of my first tour because um, we right, took it. We took it on tour. Yeah. yeah. So that it felt like the first girthy project. Sure, the first big thing. <laughs> yeah. So I I guess I'm curious, like moving from your undergraduate experience, you know, everyone always does summer shows. We were at Lambda for a long time. Mm. Uh, were there any big differences um, between all of these sort of, for lack of a better word, amateur productions and scholastic productions to then move into like this is a fully fledged professional off Broadway touring production. What were the differences there? What were the difficulties of making that shift, if any? Yeah, it was it's interesting because the show it it's a family show. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have the craziest budget. I think I've done some college shows that had bigger budgets than this show which is fine and it needed to be small because we had to take it on the road and it was only a five-person cast and I I do have to say I loved 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 the cast I was with Mm -hmm. I'm still friends with them to this day I enjoy them all they're all immensely talented they're all performing and doing amazing things so that was that kind of there was a shift definitely when we had our first rehearsal and it was a music rehearsal and everyone came in and just blew the roof off I just everyone was so good and I remember going home that night and studying the music and the harmonies for four hours wow because I felt behind and I didn't want to feel behind going into these rehearsals and I remember coming back and everyone being like what are you talking about it was our first rehearsal it's fine like it's okay we'll get there we have five weeks like it's not a big deal it's a 50 minute show it's a it's a packed 50 minute show I will say it's pretty much going nonstop. yeah (laughs) exactly and I have to say it's it is a family show but I loved the music it had a nice little message it wasn't it wasn't grading um no okay (laughs) I will I will preface that but yeah so I think that was definitely a difference but also just reminding myself that okay this is work and this is a lot of work and I think sometimes people can feel like oh it's a really glamorous life you're living of wow you're off Broadway and I'm like yeah I have the (laughs) you have the title of it but right on paper looks great on paper but like yeah sometimes the 
things weren't always the easiest. <laughs> uh, the, I have to the touring houses that we went to were so beautiful hmm. and the one we were in in new york i mean new york theaters are wonderful but they tend to be older and yep. they tend to not have a ton of space yep. um especially off broadway so i think we kind of all went from this cramped area to then being on these huge stages the regional and stages, yeah these yeah. regional stages and i mean they're catering to us for us and like catering to us and doing all this stuff right and you, you're like oh wow wow when new york talent comes out of wow, town wow I, I am an actor <laughs> um Thespian. yes, yes. <laughs> exactly silly <laughs> things like that so there there was the difference in I, I kept thinking, and I went to school with very talented people as well. It's not to say that they didn't rise up to that caliber, but it just kind of was this feeling of, I would go through feelings of, oh, this is really hard and this isn't what I expected, mm. to then also being on the train the morning of our opening day and being like, I'm opening a show off Broadway. And yeah, it's a family show, but that doesn't make it, it doesn't any, matter. it doesn't matter. Like I will be off Broadway yeah. and this is what I thought about and I'm doing what I wanted to do. And I think that was really important to me. Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. I know. <laughs> Not I know. <laughs> but I, I it, know it was a beautiful, beautiful. experience. <laughs> wow. Okay. So I'm curious, and I'm wandering off of my script a little bit here. So you went from this BFA program at Montclair mm -hmm. to a heavy, heavy classical <laughs> conservatory master's degree um, at Lambda. You come back to New York City, and eventually your first, like, we'll say bigger professional job is very much musical theater Back to the quintessential roots. right yeah so i'm curious thinking about lambda like doing a year of this conservatory training this classical training do you feel like that still informs some of the work that you do on like a straight musical theater project or a modern project or anything like that yeah absolutely and that was something i really thought about and it was something I talked to another one of my cast members about where we would discuss you know it's a children's show and some of the lines are silly and some of the songs are hokey and all these things but it was so important to me and to us that we gave the same amount of attention to these characters that I would a classical character or Macbeth or any of those other characters I played in grad school because I think it was not only important to me as an actor, but it was important because the kids are still an audience. They are still one. And yeah, maybe they're not thinking about that, but kids can smell BS. They can right. see BS. And like, yeah, maybe they just want to come for the pink and the, the showy numbers and things like that. But you still want to perform well for them. And so many parents came up to us and said, this is my child's first show. This no. is the first theater they're ever seeing and so of course you want to do well for that right. and it's just yeah I think as an actor I think it is almost better because you are really stretching yourself and I think there's like a part of like I'm not going to take this too seriously but also I do want to give it the respect it deserves and also take care of my body and it was a lot of grueling days yeah. and a lot of moving sets and moving things and driving in cars for right. long distances because you, you were working as your own sort of yeah yeah basically we your, would do it your all roadies, your own your yeah. own crew yeah i think i think learning that in school and just being able to care for myself and doing I mean we used Bestford's vocal warm-ups <laughs> yeah because oh. yeah, they were so succinctly recorded right that yeah. we would just pop they'd be like can we can we play Bestford I'd be like yeah oh, sure Bestford. I know yeah I know it was very sweet love that man Bestford um, was one of our, our actually one of our few singing teachers yeah. at Lambda love, wonderful lovely man yeah. 
I think that definitely it was interesting do, going back to a musical show because I was so entrenched in the classics and then I did this and I had to remind myself oh yeah you are a musical theater actor yeah I actually <laughs> I find myself kind of having that same reaction all the time like I think of myself as I you know a Shakespearean actor or a stage actor but I remember sometimes that oh yeah my background is in music yeah and I very much am like a singer and actor yes and it's it's a it's a, actually it is a different like mindset you yeah. have to be in especially regarding auditions i think the difference between like a straight play audition and a musical theater mm -hmm. audition are crazy to me and it's not a casual thing for me to like switch back and forth between those brains yeah i had to kind of get to the point where and you are a very talented singer oh um, thank you yes but i had to get to the point when people would ask oh, do you sing or oh, do you do this? And instead of kind of going, oh, well, yeah, no, I do. I very truthfully and honestly say, yes, I'm yes. a good singer. I sing and I am good at it. And I like to do it and I enjoy it. But it's try, and people are like, yeah, that's great that you feel comfortable saying that. And it's like, yeah, I should. Right. I, yeah, that's, that's important. Right. And False modesty has no place here. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's important to me to remember that is something I love and that is something I do. And I think that totally has space in classical theater. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I sometimes have to remind myself, oh, yeah, you can do. <laughs> I have these other this, skills. Yeah, you can do these other things. I love that. Excellent. So, Mad Company. Let's dive in. Let us. What, in your words, what is your position with Mad Company? <laughs> and what does that mean? Uh, my position in Mad Company, so I'm on the board of directors. Excellent. I am a co-vice president. Co-vice president. Co-vice president with one Helena Miller, hmm. uh, an excellent human being. I also am the marketing director. So I had all of our marketing, did all the all design, of all of it, baby. And then, yeah, I do some other little things. As of last night, I am our head of accessibility. <laughs> oh, yes. Our board meeting <laughs> but, literally last night. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think I wear a lot of hats. I'm a, what's that thing? Um a founding member. Yeah. Founding member. Yes, that's that's what we <laughs> had call to ourselves. find. Yes, <laughs> as if we didn't. Yeah, create this. Yes, that that is what I do. That's what you do. The Excellent. Mad company sphere. Um. So, I'm curious, and again, I want to just sort of hear in your words, like, I don't like how I've written this question, so let me rephrase it on the fly. <laughs> um, why did you get involved with Mad Company? What did you think it was going to be? What? So I, I wrote down what was your motivation to join the company and the board? Um, like what, what, what was it to you when we started it and what is it now and how has it sort of changed? I think I remember us discussing it in school, kind of this far off idea of, right. oh, we're going to do our own thing and this is what we're going to be called. And yeah, we're just, we're going to make our own theater. And I, I also really remember this thing that Chris Burt told me. And I had had a particularly bad day health-wise with my mm. brain stuff and I was very upset and I very much felt as I was questioning where I fit in a professional theatrical space sure. and if that would be maintainable with my health. And I remember Chris Burt, I have no idea if he remembers telling me this, <laughs> but I remember him looking at me and saying, you will be an actor. 
You will be a professional actor. I don't care if we have to create our own company, our own productions, our own performances, but you will be a professional actor because that is what you're meant to do. And I remember, oh, it is still so, it sits so heavy in a beautiful way in me. And it resonates with me still to this day. And so I think when we started talking about creating this company, I thought, yes, this is it. This is us doing the work and this is us creating stuff for ourselves. And I really love our class. Mm -hmm. I felt closer to you all in a year than I felt with many people I met for many years. Yeah. I... I think that's also kind of the nature of the program. We're with each other upwards of 12 hours a day every day doing really intense emotional work together. And I, yeah, I think when we came and we started having talks and it's so funny to see where we started of, yeah, we just want to put on a show. We just want to like, we're just going to throw on a little, a little ditty and we're going to put up a little play and it's going to be fun and like, we'll get to perform. And then, I mean, I think this is why I, love you all so much too is we are very much balls to the walls kind of people (laughs) yeah we Um, we tend to take an idea and run with it yes and we did (laughs) oh and we ran and we are still running and our feet are bleeding feet are bleeding (laughs) um we're making it though that's we are so yeah i think once everyone started getting more serious too i think i hopped on that right away i wasn't super in the beginning, I think it was you, the three, you and Lauren were really spearheading and, and, and Mick, Mick. Yeah. were really heading it. And then I would pop into calls and stuff and I would miss some things and which was fine. I just kind of was busy yeah. at the time. I mean, for months, well, you, you had your tour, A, but also for months yeah. we didn't really know what we were doing. Yeah, we were just kind of, oh, we can do a show in October and do it with <laughs> no money and it'll yeah, be fine. It'll be great. And then when we started getting more serious, I have a I have a particular set of skills. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Liam. Yes. Yeah. And so I just hopped on the that creation and then I think just started rolling with it more and more and more as a snowball does a mountain down the as mountain it, as it happens yeah as it happens yeah so yeah i know like it does feel like it just sort of happened it just grew mm. into this thing yeah but th- like what chris told you is that's a beautiful thing to have someone like just give to you what a, yeah. what a gift from it, that man and it really felt like it and so i would i always felt very connected to chris because of that yeah i wonder if he knows it. he's gonna <laughs> listen and be like what i don't think i, I said that was to that, you was that me i'm pretty sure sh- i'm i feel like i remember we'll say it. it's it, him yeah <laughs> we'll say it's him but no that was that was huge for me and i mean and then everyone showed it that's the thing is he said it and then everyone backed it by mm. constantly supporting me by constantly being there for me by never making me feel like I was less or that I couldn't or I remember when we were doing a performance of Macbeth and I was having a particularly hard day and I was really worried about forgetting my lines and everyone all of those women there mm. with me said no we're going to make it happen we will have a script on stage. If you mess up a line, just look to me. I will bring you the script. No one in the audience is going to care. You you will act your face off. And if you can't, go off. Someone will take the role. We don't, like, we will yeah. be there to lift you up and wow. be there for you. And I never, I had, I had 
groups of people support me in undergrad and I had people here and there and like not to discount the people in my life who helped me get to where I was, but it always felt like a collective and I never felt Mm. like people thought less of me or were annoyed that I was missing things or thought, oh, well, she doesn't have to do this and that's annoying or I'm annoyed that she's sick all the time or things like that. So I really felt like Chris said it and then everyone and backed then, it up. Right. And that's, it was manifested. Yeah. And that's why I felt, okay, I can come into this and I will have the support and I will have a voice and I will have people listen and say, yeah, no, you're right. Cool. We're not going to do that. Or yeah, we'll make it easy for you. Yeah. Or easy in the way, like easier. Easier. Right. Mm-hmm. Accommodations. Accommodations. Exactly. Yeah. No. And I think that it's part of the reason I was so attracted to this journey that we've started um, is just the even tiniest modicum of control over what we're doing. Yeah. It comes with an incredible amount of work mm-hmm. um, and a lot of headaches that you don't have as just an actor walking in and into and out of auditions and rehearsal rooms. Um, but for my, my mind, and I don't know how you feel about this, like I am absolutely willing to have those headaches and do all that work to be able to say, we have a little bit of control over our creative future, not necessarily the success or failure of that future, but at least like the work we will be doing, we can decide even just a fraction of. Yeah. And I think be proud of that work as well. And that's the thing is going in with all of you, I knew I wouldn't be doing it alone. I think oftentimes yeah. in my, I tend to be a bit, I hesitate to say controlling because like a negative connotation with that word, but I tend to be protective of the work I do and I want to make sure it's done precious yeah I want to make sure it's done at a high high quality I want to make sure the work I'm doing and presenting is good and so I tend to do a lot of it and I tend to want to hold it close to me but I feel with you all I know you will also do the work and I feel I can hand it to you and know that it will be safe in your hands because you care just as much about this company as I do. And it's not only me trying to pick teeth of, come on, like, let's, let's do this. Let's do this. It's all of us being like, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And sometimes I think we get a a little lost in it and it becomes, um, it doesn't all go well. I know, but uh, I knowing that other people are just as excited and passionate about it as I am, I think is huge. And yeah, and to have those opportunities and to know that's the other thing when we were going to Romeo and Juliet is just knowing that people are going to be good (laughs) like people are like I really think you're all supremely talented and I trust you and I trusted the creative team to put on a good show so I knew yeah I knew we would be bringing good work and so it was important to me that we were always showing well yeah to back up our good work I think absolutely yeah I I always come back to like I think that our two really fundamental strengths as a company are one just that there are more than a handful of us who mm. are super motivated. I mean, there's yeah. you know, a dozen of us here in New York who all really want this to happen, which is a lot of hands, which is excellent because if it was two people, three people, it would never get done. And the, our other strength is the fact that we all know each other so well and went to such good training, mm-hmm. not even individually, but as a group. I mean, yeah. We all speak more or less the same language, theatrically, creatively, and that I think is invaluable in as far as putting up work or having things be shown so are there avenues or directions um areas that mad company is not currently sort of moving into creatively that you would like to see us head towards in the future i 
I think about a lot of things. I really like the idea of us being open to all kinds of art and artists Mm -hmm. and just being a champion for so many different kinds of art. And that really excites me. I think my voiceover self is interested and maybe obviously I'm very excited about us producing this podcast. Yes. But also kind of one hail of a conversation, one hail of a conversation. Yeah, so I think that is exciting. I I would love to maybe dip into like audio drama territory. Me and Kira were talking about how sometimes we look for audio books or audio versions of Shakespeare plays. And unless you pay for the fancy audio version, you kind of get not the greatest read for free. And so we were thinking about toying with the idea of creating quality recordings of Shakespeare plays that are free for the public to be able to listen to because I think that's important to have and I think everyone should be able to listen to Shakespeare in a great way not saying oh we're we're in the way that only only we can do do. we're so good no not that at all but just having access to quality of course things without having to pay so I think that kind of is interesting to me that discussion I don't know I think yeah there's I like the idea of merging different kinds of art. I've already kind of tried to mm. do that a little bit with working with local artists and yeah. uh, small businesses and things in the marketing sphere. Our poster was designed and hand-drawn by an incredible artist named Mads Schubert, um, and they, I think, did a great job. And I remember people, at first, it was a little... I, I don't know. I think people were like, oh, this is an interesting poster for Romeo it's, and Juliet. Uh, it's strong. Yes. They were like, this is very strong. And I was so, I really stood behind, no, it's good. It's it's interesting. It's art. I think people are going to be drawn to it. And I think in the end people were, yeah. I hope. I got a lot of good feedback on it. But I think that collaboration is important to me of, okay, let's do a show and let's have a gallery in conjunction with it. And let's do this so we kind of have this multimedia. Blurring the lines between the media. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's so cool to be able to support all these different spheres. And I I know that we're just now starting to get into. I mean, we've we're I called us a fledgling company the other night. Fledgling. I like that. Yeah. So I obviously we still have so many yeah. Places to go, but I think yeah, those are always kind of at the the tip of my brain. I like um that. <laughs> and thinking of the brain as a spear. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Um your brain isn't Is, you're not a, cone you're not a, shaped. <laughs> cone brain. Cone brain. Um yeah, I so I think maybe maybe that I don't I I think there's so much to, we're getting into education stuff which I think is really exciting. Yeah. I, I'm excited for what we have. I think we are moving in that direction, and I'm always happy to hear and experience new things That's that people right. want to do, and that feels exciting as well. Of oh yeah, I didn't even think we could do that. Let's right. do that. Yeah, and staying open for for other possibilities. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Thinking about so obviously we're first and foremost like a theater company. Mm. Are there any productions that you're hoping to? see included in either next season or a, a, a future season? Oh, I don't know. Yes, you do. <laughs> Look at that face. I, I, I mean, I'm always, I'm always drawn to Shakespeare, which mm, is ni- good, which is nice because we do a lot of it. Uh, I don't really have 
a play that I specifically want to do. I have characters that I would love to come back to. And like what? I would love to play Henry VI again. Loved that role. Would love to properly play that role again. So that that is interesting to me. I don't... There's not really one... Because I feel with all Shakespeare, I'm happy to do any and every Shakespeare. Because right. then I just get to learn more about it. I, I don't think I'd read... Romeo and Juliet since I was in high school until we wow. read it again and then we didn't even finish this is gonna look make me look bad um, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't finish reading it in the initial read through and I had it fully read through it Oops. by the time we were in a couple rehearsals uh, hot and take so, hot take so when Paris spoiler alert oh. dies <laughs> I literally, we were in rehearsal and it said Paris dies. And I went, oh, what? <laughs> it was such good I acting. We completely all completely forgot that that happened. And people were like, oh, well, yeah, he doesn't die in the movie. And I was like, well, I've never seen the movie. I don't know. <laughs> He's, yeah. Um, yeah. He's not really so, in the movie. <laughs> exactly. So like any chance I get to experience Shakespeare old or new is very exciting mm. to me. So I truly, it could be anything and I will get a new experience. It's the same with contemporary stuff. I am so, sometimes I feel like a, sometimes I feel like a bad actor. <laughs> let's get into it, All James. All right, yes, let's dive um, into that. No, because I, I don't really consume media in that mm. way. I, I don't watch a lot of movies. I don't watch a lot of TV. I occasionally see shows on Broadway or around. I sometimes tend to be a little bit of a hermit in my house. Oh, really? A little bit. Um, <laughs> I'm getting better this year. I It was a goal of mine to, to get out more and see friends more and see shows. But yeah, I tend to kind of get into my own little bubble. Yeah. And so mainly what I do for entertainment is read books, not even plays. <laughs> and so sometimes, I mean... yeah, sometimes I feel... Everyone knows what's on Broadway or like what the latest show is and who the latest actors are. And I just don't. Yeah. I'm not really in that world, which I think is, I think has pros and cons to me as an actor. I think pros in the way that I truly feel like the work I'm doing is my work. Not that like I think we can take from other people and learn and grow and become an amalgamation of ourselves and the people we look up to. But I, I, I like to watch people like real life people, Not that, I mean, actors I mean, are real life people, but like they're playing a role. Yeah, right. But I and I like to watch it in the way that I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. I think it's because every time I watch movie or TV, I am working. I start thinking, oh, what are they doing? How right. would I do that? Oh, what? Let me look at what they're feeling right now, and I would love to see their reaction to this. And how would I take on that reaction? And how right. would I say I that line? I want to be in the rehearsal room. With yes, them to like, see the oh yeah, that would yeah. be so great. And so sometimes I'm like, I just need to shut my brain off. And really, the only thing I can do for that is read a book or watch sub animes hey okay <laughs> because even if i watch dubbed animes or dubbed cartoons You're i'm thinking the voiceover, the voiceover. yes yeah. and so with like subs it's all in japanese or um yeah reading where right. i just i don't know i don't feel like that's a bad thing for an actor there there is a fundamental difference between the work an actor does on stage, on camera, behind the microphone, and the work an actor does to create those opportunities for themselves, i.e. the industry. Yeah. Um, you know, it does not... Jackson Pollock would not be a better painter if he knew the names of all the studio or gallery owners mm. in New York. That's not his job. Yeah. It would help 
a burgeoning Jackson Pollock to know those people to get his work shown. Yeah. But it has nothing to do with him being an actor or an artist himself. I feel that way about actors, too. There are people who know everything that's going on in the industry in New York and L.A. Mm -hmm. Lots of people who know about New York, L.A. and Chicago. Like, you can be really knowledgeable about the industry. And, in fact, you should be on a certain level. Yeah. But it doesn't make you, in and of itself, a better actor. Yeah. It might make you a more hireable actor, which is very much a worthy goal. Yes. But it's not going to improve your work. Very much. Oh, you have to market yourself. You have to be on social media. You have to be doing this. You have to. Well, TikTok's the huge thing right now. So, like, start making videos or start doing this, which, like, people do and they do. It's incredible. And people get discovered because of that. And people become more popular because of that. And I think it's helped launch a lot of people's careers. I struggle with that as a person who doesn't really like that yeah. stuff personally for myself. Um, and I think I also struggle with. <laughs> going to sound so pretentious i struggle with uh inauthenticity oh um yes. but i just don't i would never ever want to be friends or build a community with people just for the sake of bettering my chances as an actor or propelling myself forward i never want to just build relationships because i'm thinking right. about my future and the right. you know to i would to exploit them exactly yeah. and i really struggle with that even with my friends now who are successful who i've been friends with for a while i i struggle asking them for things or questions because i never ever want them to feel as if i'm only using them which is silly and a lot of them are like maddie come on no right. you're our friend we've been friends for so long so that that's always interesting to me but I do also have to remind myself that you can still build communities and you can still be a part of this community. It just doesn't have to feel fake to you. You can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so I think part of me is I know that it might take me longer <laughs> to get to where I want to be. And maybe I won't see the success I want to see until I'm older because I didn't build the connections as quickly as some people. But I think that will maintain my sense of self Absolutely. and maintain my own brain capacity in, in it with with that yeah uh, so. and you have to do what you have to do um you know lots of people have been very successful by putting things on social media or self-creating that type of work being active there's also many many more people who have done that exact same thing and not been successful that's so, true someone told me i'm forgetting who this is but I think it was one of the speakers who came and talked to us as we were graduating. Like, no one actually knows how to succeed in this industry. Yeah. N literally no one knows that. It's a combination of luck and some techniques to improve your chances and knowing mm. the right people. But what works for some doesn't work for others. So there is no one way that you must do these things. I would argue there are some common things that you should yeah. do. You, <laughs> should, you should have a resume. You should, you know, go to auditions. But maybe not. Maybe, maybe yeah, there's someone out there who never went to an audition and never printed a resume and started a career some other way. I don't I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not sold on the you have to. you have to be on social media. You have to be super knowledgeable about all these people. Yeah. I'm also I would not say the most successful actor in the world. So maybe yeah. because I'm not doing those things, I'm not successful. I don't know. But and it, that's, ha it has yet to be proven otherwise. Yeah, that's not a dig to people who do that no, at, at all. all. It's almost something I wish I could do, but mm. I am 
I every time I try and do it, my gut is like, no, don't. Yeah. Right. And I, I Imposter. think. Imposter. <laughs> this is not you. Yeah. Yeah, I think that has to be. You have to go with what feels good. Yeah. Because otherwise, you just won't do it. Yeah, and that's the thing is, I never want to learn or grow to resent this thing that I love. And although it's work and is hard, I, I never want to get to the point of this isn't. There's not even a sliver of fun, or this is. I'm just doing this because I think I have to, as opposed to I'm doing this because I think it's. Right, and right, or because I want to, or because it gives me some sort of fulfillment. Yeah, 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 exactly. Absolutely. So, we have a little bit more time here. Oh. Um, I've got some like kind of one-off extra time questions. Okay. Um, that if you just want to either make up an answer to or really <laughs> think about, either way is fine. Sure. Um, first up, are there any? You mentioned Henry the Sixth. Do you have any dream roles that you hope to play at some point in your life? Henry the Sixth, I think, is my top. I love him. I love that character. I did from the second I started playing him. I it was so funny because So I, in in Margaret was when you I sort in of Margaret was him. when okay. I discovered him, yes. And we I remember people would just shit. Are we allowed to cuss? I've been swearing a lot. Okay. So. <laughs> um it just dawned on me. <laughs> a, a lot of people would give him shit for being like a cuckold and being like He's a not cry the most, baby. Like, traditionally masculine character. That's why I like him. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just like felt and I felt so deeply protective and mm. so deeply attached to this which is funny because he's also a deeply religious character and I have no standing to I have no religious uh, affiliation and it but it was such an interesting thing to explore and I really really loved doing that and I would love mm. to do it again because that was the first role I played at Lambda yeah. and I would love to be able to play him again and play him in like all the parts <laughs> and play him throughout his entire wow the full so, evolution yeah the full evolution of him um so that's definitely one of them I'm always really weirdly drawn to kind of the emotional male characters in Shakespeare hmm. so Henry Romeo was a big one I think Hamlet all of those I think Macbeth, too, falls into that category. Absolutely. These big, heavy hitter guys that I, I love to play and who I think have, like, this emotional vulnerability to their detriment or to their benefit. So I think those are always... I'm always drawn to those kind of... I guess, are those all tragic? They are all the tra the, tra yeah, tragic, tragic male. soft... Soft, male boys soft soft boys <laughs> and i love lambda for giving me that confidence to play any and every role in shakespeare yeah, absolutely obviously within reason i'm not going to play like old or characters not. or othello uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> but for the most but other than that other than i mean age is something i can grow into it's really only <laughs> <laughs> it's one notable it's really exception only for some, one notable, for some notable exception but yeah that that uh Ability to look at any character and go, I can play that. Yeah. I'm going to play that. I want to play that. I could bring truth to that. Yeah. Why Why not? Why can't I play this role? That's so cool. Yeah. There's, I, I talked to so many of our cohort who are, were just so changed by Margaret of Anjou. Mm. And I, I think, I don't know. I, I think in my head it's a combination of, A, it's an amazing play that yeah. Rodney sort of pieced together from Shakespeare's texts. I also think maybe it was like, such a formative time for all of us it was yes. like three months into mm -hmm. 
us at Lambda, we were finally getting our feet under us. It was the first real like meaty work we got to sink our teeth into with some of these new skills. But everyone I've talked to on like the four people I've talked to on this podcast and even outside our other cohort like are so changed by it. They all want to go back and do either Margaret again or the character they play again. Yeah. I know I would love to play Buckingham again yeah. um, from Richard III. Yeah, and it's it's so funny because it was truly the first time where I thought, and I had a lot of pearls of wisdom within it too, hmm. where it, I remember doing a voice rehearsal with it and I was speaking through the line and I kind of messed up and I went, oh, <laughs> okay, sorry, wait, I'm going to take it back. And I remember... It was it was Robert. Robert, yeah, Robert saying, Price. "Why are you apologizing? Why are you drawing attention to the mistake? Just go back and pick it up and start again. Like stay in the work." He was like, "Do you think Meryl Streep comes in and makes a mistake and wants to make it a joke and all about her? No, she stays true to the." And I remember being so terrified, wide-eyed, going, "Okay, yeah, right. that's that's fine." Um, Good man, though. Yeah. And so yeah, so I that really shaped me. Also, just the way of why wouldn't you? Just go for it right. every time in rehearsal. And, like, obviously take care of yourself and things like that. But why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you do it the best that you possibly yeah, can? Yeah. It's not like, oh, I'm going to save this up for a performance. So I'm going to save it up for this. And so I I would. And it, it kind of was a breakthrough for me. And I remember Rodney, our director, pulling me aside and saying, yes, you've got it now. You've done it. you found it. And I remember thinking, oh, yes, I've done it. I found it. And it was also one of the first instances of true, I think, almost praise for my acting I wow. remember being in a rehearsal and I remember doing my scene and finishing it up and everyone kind of was like oh she's going for it um, and I remember Rodney saying there that's a real actor that's real acting ah. and I remember thinking yes I can do that that's I'm a real actor that is real acting and I think wow. it was so it was so important for me to hear not to blow smoke up my ass or whatever but just as like a yeah. young person being like yes I can yeah do hard things i can play complex characters and play them well and so that was huge like three months into this program and then i think it shaped the way i played characters till the end well to, to abs- the day. absolutely yeah as well it should next short question <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> as i go into a <laughs> long just, time yeah. rate. <laughs> no that, that was beautiful um like rodney's advice to you like Rodney and Chris's advice are now sort of bouncing back and forth in my head. Or not advice, but they're... Yeah, they're words. They're words to you. Those are two... Yeah. Those are beautiful moments to have. Yeah. So we've touched on you're an actor, you write, you're a voiceover artist. Um, On your resume, it says one of your special skills is sewing, which I love. (laughs) Um, What other creative outlets do you have, if any, uh, that we haven't touched on? Yeah, I love... I mean, I love to sing. I love music. Right. I loved, I did a lot of watercolor painting for a while. Oh. And I love watercolor painting. I didn't know that. I, yeah, fun I fact. Did I, know that? I don't know. I paint, I watercolor, I watercolored I, I, a I portrait of um, Max for a show, remember? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, okay, I, yes. <laughs> I, I don't know that I knew it was watercolor, but I do remember you painting. You painting something, yeah. yeah. So I did watercolors. Um, and I did that for a couple of years, and then I kind of did that thing where I tried to monetize it, and then it kind of, I fell off. And I yeah. think only recently have I been wanting the desire to go back and just do it for me. So I love that. Um, I, I love reading, which I guess isn't really 
creative, but it feels creative to me because in my mind I'm creating sure. movies in my mind yeah. constantly. We'll, so okay. in my we'll head it, we'll I'm like, I'm you. like, okay, thanks. I also, I, I think you're going <clears> to <throat> say this is also not a creative thing, but I will argue that it is. Me and my partner recently started rock climbing and it very much, mm. I am feeling like it is a creative sport because it is constantly solving puzzles. It's be- becoming creative on the route you want to take. And I was watching, <laughs> I don't look graceful doing it, but I was watching someone go across a wall. They were just doing laps around this bouldering wall. And it was like watching a dance. Wow. The mo- the fluidity, the movement. And I thought, wow, this actually kind of is a beautiful dance you're having with yourself and the way that you're moving and the way that you, and that's the thing is I will go for a problem on a wall and just like push my way through it. And then I get to the top and it's great. And then the next time I'll come back and I'll do it again and it'll be like a little nicer. And then the next Mm. time I'll try something different where I put my leg behind and I kind of go up a different way. And then it kind of feels like this dance of, okay, how can I get up easier and with more ease and not be so tense? So I would, in my head, rock climbing is getting up a wall and then. No. With a fall coming back down. Yeah, no. Um, It's puzzles. And I love puzzles. We do, yeah. We love puzzles. Um, I, so I guess I, I would, and this is a much larger discussion than we're not going to have right <laughs> now, but I guess I would say like it is certainly creative in the way that I think any sport is creative, has creative yeah. elements. I wouldn't call it like a creative pursuit necessarily so much as like yeah, no, an I, athletic I, I, pursuit. I agree. I agree but, with you there. But I like that answer. Yeah, I know. But, I was, trying to, yeah, I was cool. trying to think of things. Right. I do so many creative things that I was like, what is beyond i have so many things that i have I do. so many things i do oh it's my voice and the, my body my, my body art. my art my <laughs> my mind yeah. um so last question and Alrighty. i've asked this to everybody if you weren't an actor slash creative what would you be oh i think about this all the time i think about myself in different lives and <laughs> okay. i i see videos of things and i'm like oh i do that i would absolutely be doing that in another life i really loved baking when i was growing up i did a lot of baking i did a lot of cake decorating it was like a really integral part of like three formative years for me so i think in one timeline i am a baker i recently was watching a lot of videos about archaeology and i part of me was like that's really cool that is really interesting and I think would be a really interesting thing to do. I also really love nature. I really love animals. Maybe something in conservation. Hmm. That would be important to me. Or something, I. it's funny, I went to, I was in Montana this summer with my family. We were, my my dad had a work thing and so we all were like, let's just all go on vacation because we all live across, my parents are in Vegas still, I'm in New Jersey, my brother is in Arizona, so we all live apart from each other and so every once in a while we try and, and not only Christmas, like Christmas is sometimes the only time I see my family, but we, so we all went to Montana and I think we were like zip lining or something and I just had the thought of, why am I not doing anything in nature? Why am I doing this career and right. why do I live? I, I'm a hermit inside. Yeah, I know. And uh, when we got back, we implemented uh, what we 
what we have dubbed Adventure Fridays. And Adventure Fridays can happen on any day of the week, but Naturally. they're always called Adventure Fridays. And it's okay. it's something of, oh, okay, we're going to go on a hike or we're going to go to a park or we're going to go this to a botanical garden. This is back in Jersey. This is back in Jersey. Because okay. I came back from Montana thinking, I need to be in nature. What am I doing? And I'm in New Jersey. I and need I'm to in be New in Jersey, nature. which has a lot of beautiful it, it does. areas it does. that I, I think I people... I joke about Jersey, but it's you nice. Do, but Sorry, yeah. Jersey people. <laughs> um, but Or like, okay, we're just going to go on a walk today if we can't get anywhere, just realizing the importance of nature. So I think maybe I would do something, yeah, okay. in nature. I also like, I go through periods of, oh, that's really cool. I would love to work in like deep sea sciences and oh. like all sorts of just random. But it's like, it sounds... But- I other, also other, love than, math. Other, than, other than the baking thing, it sounds like science or something. In yeah, in I was really I, I yeah I loved math growing up, or maybe something with languages. I loved learning German. Like I huh? would love to. I don't know. It's like I I sometimes I people are always like, oh, well, if you're an actor acting, you have to know that you couldn't do anything else. And I'm like, I feel like I could do other things, yeah. <laughs> but kind, I choose. Kind of fuck you. I think the fact that I continue to choose to do acting. Is the important part. Yeah. Is the that, part of, that to me is way yeah. more important than I'm incapable of yes, doing, I'm doing anything else. else. Yeah. And I think they mean it in like you have to be so fully invested it, right. because it's really hard and it's really discouraging a lot of the time. Yeah. But yeah, so often I'm like, oh. I don't know about that. I think I could do <laughs> do other things. Not I, I mean, I would have thing. to go to school and like, of course. <clears throat> but I also am getting to the point in my life where I'm like, oh, I still have like, hopefully, a lot of my life left. Like you can just do, I felt that way yeah. with a lot of our, or several of our classmates who were older in Lambda, who now. This is their second career. This is their yeah, second their career, third career or third career. And they are really successful in it. I <clears> often <throat> think about Lorna and. Absolutely killing it on the West absolutely End. Killing it on the West End, was a lawyer beforehand. <clears throat> yeah. So I think the possibilities are endless. They but are endless. I, I will continue with acting because i get to be all those things Ex- as an actor that's a great answer yeah you can do all of it i get to do all of it and that's what i come back to that's what you come back to yeah. that's beautiful well thank you so much <laughs> maddie albrechts for joining us here today on one hail of a conversation thank you james hale <laughs> in case no one's picked <laughs> in up case on that no yet. one picked up on that um and i'd like to thank everyone for listening um this has been me james hale on one hail of a conversation with Maddie Albrechts. Please join us again and have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. To learn more about any of the creatives who spoke in this episode, check out their social media links in the episode description.